1: What is up? Welcome to another episode of On the Corner, the official PictureList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the Christmassy Nick Pollock. Nick, how are you doing?
2: What is happening? Christmas is in the air, and I do two things in December every year. One, what? I fight with my radiator, and I don't turn it on in my room, so I look like FDR in most days. <laughs> um And what? the second... What? I have a blanket over my <laughs> uh, over <my> life. <laughs> okay. Because it's so loud, and then it gets too hot, and then I have to, you know, then I gotta. Also, my cap broke. I've been here for ten years. Oh my my god! So I have pliers that I have just to turn on and off the radiator.
1: Oh, and it's Um, not a murder room. Okay, he uses (laughs) pliers to turn a radiator on and off.
2: Well, how else am I supposed to grip the thing? Uh, That's true. You know what? I'm, I'm a I'm a reasonable man. Um, the second thing is that I don't drink coffee in December and i started today and i took my ibuprofen to stave off the withdrawal symptoms
1: yes so
2: i'm doing this without coffee if you can believe it
1: usually november is the month of withholding you go no java december no wow. no uh, uh wow <laughs> i didn't say oh, i didn't say anything fast. But- <laughs> I, all i oh, said man. was that december you with you don't drink oh, coffee that's God. all i said that's yeah, all please. i said it it's very g-rated it's very g-rated i call this shrek humor because the adults get it um all right
2: movie. any uh but yeah so no <laughs> coffee i do this so that in january one cup means so much more so i don't get uh you know it doesn't soften the blow of caffeine to mm. me right i want i want to actually have the massive impact of it also i want to prove that i can beat addiction so Sure. No, no December coffee
1: for me. No coffee, no coffee in December for you. So what are we doing yeah. today? We are recording this on the very first of December, although you might yes. hear it a little bit later. I say that because you could, there could be other, uh, you know, breaking free our agent OTC, news.
2: Our OTC podcasts are all over the place, but you yeah, know cause we, off yeah. We have the, we the mock want.
1: reviews that Nick does. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit out there. And use a real one uh, for listening. Now, a few things to get to before we break down what we're working on today. One, so awesome to go to Twitter and see all of you guys adding us for your, your Spotify Wrapped oh, yeah. to see how frequently you've been listening to us. That was very kind and very much made both of our days, too. So today we're going to be talking about the steamer projections, which came out uh, a few weeks ago. And we're going to be breaking down guys that we feel are a little bit too high, a little bit too low and people that are just right. We're going to we're going to Goldilocks it um, before we get into that, though, there was some small pitching free agency news that we should get to because it happened in the past week. So the two pieces that we can get to are Mike Clevenger signing a one-year deal. I believe it was a one-year deal um, with the White Sox and Matthew Boyd returning to the Tigers on a one-year deal uh, for one-year $10 million. First of all, the the one-year... 10 million cracked me up people like 10 million on matthew boyd it's like it's one year and it's not your money like it's not really gonna (laughs) prohibit the tigers from doing anything the reason they won't be if they're not good next year it's not because they paid matthew boyd 10 million dollars um what do you let's start with mike clevenger though I will say matthew
2: boyd um if you're expecting one war from him which is essentially pitching through the year that's 10 million 10 yeah. million is roughly the war number
1: so yeah makes sense. very good point very good point well actually let's let's stick with boyd then i mean so we boyd had an interesting career right he you know he pitched in detroit and we obviously had uh some moments where we were really in love with what he was doing he goes over to san francisco to do some rehab he doesn't end up uh, uh pitching for them in over the course of the season because he gets traded to seattle where he comes in mostly in relief um There's a few interesting things that were happening with his pitches. He seemed to be doing some stuff with his fastball in his last couple appearances where the vertical approach angle was changing. It was getting a little bit more flat over the course of the season. Uh, I I know some of this information thanks to a great conversation I've been having with Alex Chamberlain about Matthew Boyd over the past couple of days, but the vertical approach angle changed on the four-seamer a little bit, but I'm kind of prone to believe that we're not going to be able to get the Matthew Boyd back that we want unless there is that uptick in velo. right? One of the reasons we got so excited was he sat, what, 92 93 sometimes 94 in his heater and all of a sudden it made all those other pitchers really effective I do wonder if he's able to work flat and up in the top of the zone with that four seamer maybe get rid of the sinker a little bit if he can unlock the slider and the changeup because that slider is very good but there's a lot of risk there what do you think about this signing for uh, the Detroit Tigers
2: so we got really excited about Matthew Boyd I believe it was 2018 if I remember correctly or maybe it was 2019 uh, yeah. when he had that uh, major season with the, no, it was 2019, the high strike I ran. Then, of course, the long balls got him. Um, the uh, the high location actually was pretty good last year in the very small sample that he had. He threw about uh, just 63 fastballs, but hey, 55% high lock, which is the second highest of his career. Um, 2020 had a 58%. So maybe there is something he can lean into it. But yeah, it was 11.5% swing strike around the fastball in 2019 for Boyd, 9.5% in 2022. Again, very small sample. He was sitting 92.6 out of relief, which would be the hardest of any of the last five seasons for him with that four-seamer. Maybe that is something that is huge. I remember when I we were really excited. <laughs> I, I will not forget. Maybe you remember it. Spring training. Um, I think this is before we talked to him. We were watching the game he was pitching. Mm-hmm. And he threw a change up to DJ LeMayhew. Mm-hmm. And both of us squealed. Do you yeah, remember this? Yeah, yeah. definitely. We were in the press and, box. And we were saying this because uh, it was fastball slider in 2018 for Matthew Boyd. And if he had that change, we felt that he actually had a better weapon against right handers and just something else to mix in here. I remember in that spring training, Matthew Boyd was so focused on getting that curveball also and the change up working that the slider got a lot worse. Uh, it was it became more hittable um, in future seasons as well. And that is something I hope they can get back. You know, 143, a batting average allowed, for example, in 2018, then jumped over 200 the past three years. And hard contact back then was 13%. In 2020, it was 23%. So I I hope that slider can be as filthy as we remember it. That's the biggest thing for me. First, get that back to being golden. Then if Mm. you can do that, then hopefully we get the fastball working. Maybe the changeup or something else. I don't have high expectations for fantasy quite yet. I I think we need to see something out of him. But yeah, monitoring spring training. If he's throwing hard in spring training, sitting 93, 94. That could be incredibly exciting. I'm not going to anticipate that considering it was 92.6 out of relief in 2022.
1: Something you're going to hear ad nauseum to over the course of not just our podcast, but probably many podcasts as you prepare for the 2023 fantasy season is the, you know, the benefit that any pitcher in the AL Central would have had by throwing to other AL Central teams more is now moot uh, with with the change in the schedule. So there's also that. Kind um, of
2: interesting. If you're on the Tigers, what advantage did you really have? What do you mean? Well, he had to, he didn't get to face the Tigers. So no, they face, face the, Guardians, the Twins and White Sox, which are, I'd say, average, if not slightly above maybe with the Twins, um, Guardians. Mm. But yeah, it's not at, like it's a bigger deal being on the Twins than it is being on the Tigers. And that's true. Sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: Good point. Um, all right. Let's move on to Mike Clevenger. I, I really liked this signing because he slots in as kind of a number five for the White Sox, which I think at the moment, if Clevenger returns... To what he did last year that's a fine five it's just kind of like it's a warm body with high upside um but if you know if this is his uh i believe his second tommy john surgery which is even more difficult to come back from if you kind of consider that the last season was just kind of him figuring it out because it really was in many ways there you know this is a guy who's capable of low three eras over the course of a full season it's just going to be strictly velo dependent no pitcher will shoot up the boards more in drafts in my opinion if the velo starts to look like what it did in 2019 right if we hear at the beginning of the year you know that he's sitting whatever it is what like 90 95 five uh on his four seamer then yeah Mike Clevenger is going to be a, a great get um but if he doesn't I don't really expect too much out of him it doesn't matter for the White Sox like I said if he's going to be the four or the five in their rotation uh what are your thoughts on the signing from the White Sox we need to see that slider come back too though it's not just the fastball velocity we need
2: to see the slider become in 19 percent, 21 percent swing strike rate pitch it was just a 13 swing striker pitch across the full 114 inning season for Clevenger in 2022. No! You know, well, we, we considered him a Cleveland Guardian pitcher, right? Mm. And that meant not fastball focused, it meant breaking ball focused. And if he doesn't have a whiff breaker, what are we doing here? So, I hope that he can return it on the White Sox. I mean, you could make an argument, oh, 2022 was a year for Clevenger just to be healthy and not tweak as much with his stuff now that he's pitch for the year he can go into his laboratory and really hopefully as you mentioned increase the velocity of the fastball but really get the slider back which i'm not ruling out in any way i'm kind of in on the idea that he could and i don't want to just say oh he's done it's over but that's the biggest thing that i'm going to be looking for really that
1: slider becoming a big whiff pitch once again i really did think that him going to um his old pitching coach in Ruben Niebla was going to return a lot of value for him. I mean, they have a a good working relationship, apparently, but we didn't really see... I'm just kind of double-checking here. Yeah, we didn't really see any particular let's see spikes in his velo over the course of the year. Like I wanted to see if it was something where maybe he was just kind of taking it easy and then he would ramp up, but no, he pretty much sat 94 over the course of the entire year on his four seamer. Um, so it wasn't something like that. So I, I don't know. I mean, like I, I'm hoping that with like a full offseason's rest uh, and 114 innings under his belt, maybe he can pick it up. But again, so here I guess I'll put it this way. I think it's a really nice signing for the White Sox organization because if it doesn't pan out, that's fine. I think you can replace him as a number five. You don't need to rely on him. But if it does, then you have got a you've got a lot of good value there.
2: Yeah, it's a good upside play where you're, as you mentioned, they're not depending on him to be an SP three. Say, hey, mm-hmm. you're an SP five. We have Cease, we have Lin, we have Giolito and Kopek. So yeah. <laughs> so maybe a four or a five. We'll see how Kopec uh, recovers uh this year. He should. I like him more, obviously, than Clevenger, but still. That is a little bit of a question mark. I think a lot of fans were hoping for something bigger than Clevenger, and it's a sign that they're not going to get a pitcher. I would be very hmm. shocked if they would sign a bigger free agent starter at this point because they do believe in Kovac to be in there and that you don't sign Clevenger for him to not start. Uh, so we'll see how the uh, the White Sox fill out the rest of the rotation. Um, I can understand that pushback for people saying, ah, oh, we wanted something more than Clevenger.
1: Yeah, uh, the White Sox are not, with with Jose Abreu gone too. I don't know if that white that offense is really another one that really has people shaking in their boots. Does yeah. it? Uh,
2: yeah, maybe not. Uh, I'm curious how Andrew Vaughn does. Me talking about hitter. I know. I know. I'll stop.
1: Um, all right. So anyway, we, we got to the sorry. I tried to move away from the mic. So you didn't have to hear me just cough on the mic as loud as possible. Um, like I said, what we're doing today that we're focusing on these steamer projections. So why don't we go ahead and jump into these right now? What we want to do is we're going to focus on a few guys that we feel that steamer is a bit too high on. Um, that that is they feel like their ERA is going to be very low and we don't think it's going to be that low. And then a few uh, projections that we feel Steamer is a bit too low on, which is the antithesis, right? We think that Steamer thinks that You know, these guys are going to have five ERAs and we think they're going to have three ERAs. Um, And then we're also going to settle on a guy that we feel Steamer got just right. Now, if you spent a lot of time with Steamer projections before, uh, it's a great projection system. Obviously, not too dissimilar from other projection systems in that it's a formula based off uh, uh, past performance as well as age and bringing into, you know how aging impacts performance and so forth and so on. I'm not going to break down what an algorithm is for you, Um, but you also know that there's a a good amount of times where these err on the side of caution, I guess is the good way to put it where the ERAs and whips can be a little bit inflated. Uh, I believe there's only like maybe five or six guys uh, with an E with a whip that's projected to believe be below like 1.1. Yeah, there are seven guys (laughs) who are projected to have a whip below 1.1 so you take it with a grain of salt Um, but with that said I guess we should you know we each have a few guys that we still feel that even with that said even with them kind of being um, high on a lot of guys um, or uh, pessimistic about a lot of guys I should say there are a few that maybe they're a bit too optimistic on Right, and, guys,
2: uh, and just just to give you guys a, a frame of reference, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's about 20 mm. pitchers this year that were qualified, not even say like 140 innings or so that had a whip under 110. This year. yeah, like, wait, how Jordan many? You said 20. Yeah, 19. Uh, Jordan Montgomery was 109. I don't
1: remember. That's anything. amazing. Yeah. So Good double. <laughs> Double. um, Double what they're projecting. But let, let's start with a few. I, I think rather than saying guys they're too high or too low on, because I think that can be a little bit um, still confusing, even for me. I still don't know if I got it right. But we'll start with guys that they're too high on or they are too optimistic on, right?
2: Too optimistic. This is OK. So um, before the podcast, started, <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring this up. Yeah, yeah I, go ahead. The is like, OK, wait, hold on a second. I'm trying to understand. What do you mean by too high or too low, Nick? I'm like, oh, okay, so too high is who I think they're too favorable on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to expect to hear your fast go, oh, all right, cool. I got it. It goes, oh, no, 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 no. What I did it was the guys that are too favorable. And if that makes no sense to you, it's because it doesn't. He just repeated exactly (laughs) what I said, but put emphasis on two as if like I'm supposed to get that now. This isn't a Seinfeld sketch. Where did he put the emphasis? Oh, why would Jerry? You know, this isn't that.
1: Okay, put the wrong emphasis on the wrong level. So
2: so right so that's so too high is too optimistic. mm. Now I like that you've changed the word
1: yeah I, maybe I'm, maybe i'm crazy i still think it's confusing but look, why don't you why don't you kick us off here well, well how gonna, do you want to do it you want to go one too high one too steal, low or you want to just
2: yeah yeah that sounds good i'm gonna i'm okay. not gonna steal yours because you had you had i mean it's kind of hard honestly to find guys that they're too optimistic on because in general it feels that they're very pedestrian they're very conservative they're not mm-hmm. you know when i said like oh 20 guys went above the one you know 120 whip i'm sure that they their whip was a certain way where there were 20 guys on the other side of the extreme they just crunched the like a compressor you know with all of these right so i get that it's kind of hard to figure out it's like they maybe they're too optimistic relative to the others Mm -hmm. is an interesting way that i'm trying to think about it too um i won't steal your two because i know you'll struggle to find some backups and i won't do that to
1: you thank you appreciate it
2: that's that's that was the best backhand compliment i could
1: maybe I, I, I don't i don't think it was actually a backhand comment at all yeah, it, it, a compliment. Just a, it was an insult just, i don't know why yeah, pure it. It, just,
2: it really just messed me up that you said that mm-hmm. um i think that they are too high on alex cobb uh, as as one of them uh he's uh, look we all know that it was a fortunate <laughs> Wait, it season. just said he you just said you weren't going to steal one of mine, and then you stole one oh, of mine. Oh, yeah, I forgot that was one of yours. Well, I'm not stealing the other two. <laughs> you just
1: have
0: this, this whole
1: preamble about how you weren't going to do what you just did. What it to. How did you mean to? How did you diss me and then still <laughs> steal the person <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: unbelievable i forgot that you okay I, I gave you the other two that were like super obvious okay. i was like i'm gonna give him the, the slam dunks i thought i was being sneaky then i forgot that you gave me this whole like i just wrote that i'm like no you didn't i wrote it <laughs> then he wrote it in like a second thing and i just completely like i registered it for me to say oh okay i see it but not actually to the point that you put him as too high anyway alex cobb Alex Cobb. Hi, you're too high at a 346 ERA. And why is that too high? Because he's right behind Zach Wheeler and Brandon Woodruff. But then right ahead, Chris Sale, Aaron Nola, Shane Bieber, Kevin Gosman, Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw. What? I, I Look, it was, again, unlucky. We understand this with Alex Cobb. The, the Giants defense underperformed based on our expectations from last year. Stack has darling all the way through. All of that, I get it. I still think the faults of Alex Cobb are present, where he doesn't have a third option he, he really buys into. The curveball's fine for a show-me strike early, but talk to Pete Alonso. He took that one out in one of the most unfortunate innings ever, and he was forced to throw that curveball for a strike, and Alonso was ready for it, and, and it messed up everything. And the fastball, to me, is not this elite offering, and the splitter is very much so at times. It's absolutely filthy. It's not as consistent as Kevin Gosman's he is still going to have volatility this year. 125 whip, uh, 166 innings is what Steamer has for Alex Cobb with that 346 uh, ERA. Also, I you know, 9 or 873 K per 9 is, I guess that's fair. It's just that ERA to me is too, too good for mm-hmm. Alex Cobb. Was there anything that you wanted to add? Because you might have put him down too fast.
1: I, I did have him put down. I just thought that, you know, It's not the same analysis that you have here, but uh, I I did put him down as a guy that they're a little bit too high. And I mean, I think a lot of the conversation that people had about Alex Cobb over the course of years that he was just one of the unluckiest pitchers in all of baseball last year. And while I think there is a good case to be made that there is going to be, you know, uh, um, positive steps for him, maybe there are some. Like, we're talking about Steamer saying that he's going to have – the what like third best era of his career and best era since 2014 i mean he did have a
2: 373 this past year and if you know but a a
1: 280
2: fip and everyone and that's that's what's driving this
1: no i get well i know but i is it it relatively
2: like think of it this way of i'm not necessarily saying that alex cobb can't have like a three five year rate this year it's just that like, he should not be in between Sale and, and Woodruff, you know? Or really, I don't Aaron know. Nola and Bieber above I them. think it is. Right to me.
1: I'm curious to know how they kind of came to this projection, considering you don't see many guys who are going from their 35 to 36 season in steamer projections uh, lose a, a good amount of, or not a good amount, but lose do better in their ERA projections, right? Mm-hmm. Like if he's heading into his year thirty-six season, you know he he had a velo last year that I'll be curious to see if Man, it's he's sustainable 36. again. Next
2: year I was like, you must be talking about somebody else, not Alex no, Cobb. Yeah. Oh my god! No, dude,
1: gosh. he's thirty-six. Yeah, he's thirty-six. 36? Um, so I'll be curious to he's see if he Older than can, me. Yeah, I know. That's that's the barometer. Um I'll be curious to see if going into his age thirty six season he can have another full year of, you know, sitting 95 on his on his uh on his his uh fastball. Um so yeah, I, I just I don't I mean I'm I'm optimistic about him. I think he, he can be good. I don't think he's gonna be a four ERA guy. I think the 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 whip will take a step back, but Again, I, I don't know. I just don't see a, a, a low three, four ERA for him and his best ERA since 2014 uh, happening in his age 36 season.
2: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't love the WHIP, which I get, but it's also it's like, all right, yeah, the whip's going to be high.
0: So, then...
1: but it's ha- but it has, but it actually would be his best WHIP since 2017.
2: Yeah, that's right. One thirty last year. One twenty six. One thirty four. One eighty six. One forty one. Yeah. Three thirty eight. Babip is the thing that everyone's like, oh man, that's the problem. But 28% hard contact rate, 124th in the majors for Alex Cobb. Yeah. Um that's a shame. Now, now he is second in ground ball rate. Yeah. With uh obviously Fran Valdez is the king. The king of the ground balls is Fran Valdez. <laughs> that's that's how he refers to himself. Sure. I, I'm told well done. Um I have my sources. <laughs> um all right, so fast, uh who yeah. is someone that
1: you're too high on? <laughs> Well, there's a uh, too optimistic. They are too too optimistic. optimistic. They are too optimistic. Yeah. Um, And his name is Alex. (laughs) Yeah. It's so hold on. Hold on. I got to research and find another guy real quick. Um, (laughs) This is no, it's actually staying in the same vein as another guy who relied pretty heavily on ground balls in the past couple of seasons. Um, And it's it's David Peterson. So Mm. as of right now, David Peterson is projected to be the number four for the Mets. And honestly, even if they re-sign DeGrom, he's probably still in rotation as their five, as it'll hopefully knock Eliezer Hernandez out of that rotation, because Peterson is a better Eliezer Hernandez. Um, we saw about 105 innings out of him last year. Steamer's projecting 133, and if anything, that might be a little bit too low. Um, they're projecting a low three ERA for him, though, a three four two ERA, which is interesting. I imagine it's because he's 27. He's got a, a slider that picked up, what, like a, a near 26% swinging strike rate last year. Um, He he picked up velocity on the four seamer, too, which is really good. And like we said, he's going to have a a job out of camp at the moment. What I find is interesting, though, is they actually project him to take a step back in K-percentage um and they think that that's going to lead to an increase in NERA in um now he's had an elevated whip the past couple of seasons it hasn't been the largest sample size in 2021 but last year even with the increased velocity he had a 133 whip with a 313 babbitt so if we're starting to establish that david peterson's babbitt might be um you know if 300s the norm overall, but you know, this is something that's more contextual and that you need to think about what it is for that given pitcher. If he is a guy who sustains a three five to three ten bab up over the course of the year, which makes sense with a forty nine or fifty percent ground ball rate, that It seems difficult for me to take a lot of positive steps forward and get closer to a low, uh, a low three ERA. Um, So, yeah, I I don't necessarily think Dave Peterson is going to be bad. I think there is a fun fastball slider mix there, and the changeup is an interesting third option for him. I just don't know if I buy that he's going to be on the lower end of the three ERA spectrum. What about you?
2: Yeah, that that changeup needs to get a lot better. 47% strike rate is, oh, that is abysmal for a pitch you throw 15% of the time. You can't, oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah, that's <laughs> got to be like a 60% strike pitch. Uh, and that's that really needs some work there. Um, the slider is elite. I mean, it's really, really good. That 26% swing strike rate is great. There are times it goes away and or he misses very badly with it. Mm. Um, but, oh, man, it, it is an absolutely filthy pitch, especially when it's on. Um, and the four-seamer did add some velo but lost uh, some whiffs on it. Uh, he did go up a lot, though. 58% high lock is good. Average is 51% um, high lock on four seamers. So high location is good for four seamers for whiffs, but 9.4% swing strike rate on it seems a little lower than I would I would expect with that elevation. Uh, I wonder if that can get better for David Peterson. But yeah, it is a little too optimistic to be a sub 3.5 ERA guy. Um, I mean, I like David Peterson. He's I think he's a nice mm-hmm. deep option. I actually don't even think he has a rotation spot out of camp personally. I think the Mets are going to be aggressive on the market. And yeah. I'm crossing my fingers that Tyler McGill still has the spot. Yeah, um, He has it above uh, David Peterson. But as of right now, you have Carlos Carrasco and you have Scherzer. Uh, you imagine David, uh, they're going to do everything they can to get Jacob deGrom in. So that's already three. And if they add one more on top of that, then David Peterson is out of it, right? Yeah. Uh, so... That, that that's where my mindset is with Peterson. I'm not going to be pursuing him in 12 teamers. Um, and I mean, the one thing that I am trying to bring up as I'm doing this series of reviewing every single starting pitcher, checking my Twitch streams in the morning to do those. Uh, I'm also going to be putting those out as plus pitch podcasts for everybody in January, which is really fun. Ooh. I'm going over also the uh, early schedule. And if David Peterson is in this rotation, the Mets are going to get four games, in Miami and then a game or three games in, uh, in Milwaukee. So David Peterson against the Brewers as a lefty too. You take down Yellich in that way. <laughs> uh, pretty easy. Yeah, that could be not so bad. Um, that might be worthwhile at the very end of your draft. 23rd round. You want some start, but I prefer generally for my last pick to be somewhat. I'm going to start the opening weekend mm. and David Peterson, unless he's the four, if he's the four, then I think actually he does get that opening weekend. Um, if he's a fifth, he's not, and I'd rather get a start and then assess earlier with that guy, as opposed to waiting until Tuesday or so to make mm. that assessment, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. And that's no fun doing that, especially when like you drafted a guy and then someone else is doing well and you don't know if you should hold on to the one you drafted yet. Yeah. Ugh. Try and find people that start that opening weekend. So David Peterson, I'm not interested. I think three, four, three, e is too good. To be true.
1: I'm with you. Well, let's move over real quick to a few of the guy or one guy back and forth that we feel we're too pessimistic about. But before we do, we're going to take this it! quick break. And that's it. Game over. Alex wins. I'm no. 1-0 okay. in the in December. I'm, no, I'm 1-0 <laughs> in the month of December. I, I, I retire. That-
2: I gave fast. He was about to smoothly go into, you heard that sentence. It was all about, let's mm-hmm. go into this one. It wasn't before we go into this one. Let's go mm-hmm. into this one. But I mm-hmm. gave him that look of like a wink mm-hmm. and a smile, but like you're forgetting something. And he caught himself and he even admitted it. Mm. Prove it. He admitted it. I There's no sure audio. Say <laughs> the audio of it.
1: <laughs> There's no audio. <laughs> um,
2: and uh, yeah, so I, uh, you know, fine. Take your win this time fast oh and i
1: retire time? i i win the month of december uh you won you maybe retire? september guys, yeah i retire. Been
2: a really nice run uh with 380 episodes <laughs> uh, you know uh it started in fast apartment and will end <laughs> not anywhere near him apparently, anywhere. So. <laughs>
1: uh, all right let's move on to some of the guys that we feel that uh and there, there's a litany of these and uh guys that we feel steamer is a little bit too pessimistic are these are the guys that are are kind of like way out like some of these dudes are, are, are way out. We, we think they're way too pessimistic on these guys. Um, I, I'm going to start first since you started the last round, and I'm afraid you're going to steal right, this guy from right down them. under my nose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so I'm, listen, I'm going to do a quick peek behind the curtain here, and I'm going to say one of the ways that I did my research for this particular podcast was to see what the proje- uh, projected ERA was. Um, for the 2023 season and then what the uh, actual era was for the last season and i wanted to see where the biggest disparities were and the person who i am leading off with uh had a is projected to have a 437 era oh, wow. and in order to find their era in 2022 you would need to divide The projected ERA in half, you'd need to cut it in half, and then you would still need to subtract some more uh, because this person had a 214 ERA with an 87 whip over 130 innings, and that is Tony Gonsolin. I I was going to say,
2: no, 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 because the ERA is 437. There's another pitcher who actually is projected to have a 437 ERA by Steamer.
1: There's another person who, another pitcher is projected to have that same ERA?
2: Yeah, don't don't shout it out when you see it um, for okay. the listeners. This pitcher um, is left-handed. Um, pitches in the NL East. I'm um, signed a massive contract. Oh and my I think god! He would not be considered oh. on the same level as Tony Gonsolin. And my God, Corvin.
1: <laughs> oh my sweet Christmas!
2: But at least, hey. Gonsolin has two points on whip on him from 132 to 134 at Patrick Corbin. So, yeah, who would you rather have next year? Patrick Corbin or Tony Gonsolin fast?
1: That is bananas. <laughs> uh wow, that is bananas So so okay, wow. That is crazy. So I would love like listen. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's nuts. Anyway, all right. 437 <laughs> ERA for Tony Gonsolin I, I I'm also kind of struggling to see like algorithmically what they think could happen because I feel like these algorithms and these projections genuinely comprised. They, these damn algorithms, they generally favor guys who are getting into the prime of their career. Tony Gonzalez, 28 going into his uh, age 29 um, season. Uh, he, you know, had a pretty much a rotation spot last year. How they think he's going to double his ERA, I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you could make a very good case that the 214 ERA is wholly unsustainable. But listen, even if he loses... That and fully regresses towards his FIP or even fully regresses towards his Sierra, which was at 374. We're not even close to a 4.37 ERA. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if he had a low to mid three ERA next year. I mean, I imagine they're taking a look at that 207 BABIP and saying, oof, um, you know, he's he, that's going to fall considerably. It's going to fall to 300, even though the highest of his career is 250. But there's an arsenal there. I mean, I don't need to make a case for the fact that Tony Gonzalez is good. This is a guy that would have been in the Cy Young race if he would have had over 170 innings. Um, so, yeah, this is just kind of a, 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 a wild one to me.
2: So uh, would you say that those that are too obsessed over the algorithm would be alcoholics?
1: Alcoholics. Very good. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic.
2: Very nice. Oh, gosh. All right. Um, A lot of people like to say that Tony Gonzalez was destroyed by the bat of Giancarlo Stanton in the All-Star game. Okay. And that's silly. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I want to say. I mean, really, the All-Star game, he had two starts after that were bad, and that was it. Um, no, Tony Gonzalez is a really good splitter. It has routinely returned very low batting averages allowed, 106 in 2021 and 113 in 2022. Insane, insane marks, especially considering that its strike rate was 70%. And I've talked about it last year in, in this um, offseason. In that offseason, I, I do it again here. If you can throw strikes with the pitch and not allow a high batting average innately, that is great. That, that is exactly what you want to do. You want to throw strikes and not get not allow hits. Um, and his splitter does that phenomenally well. The slider is the biggest question for me. It allowed a 137 batting average allowed only 16% hard contact but he doesn't throw enough strikes with it. He's I think a little too reliant out of the zone. While the fastball does get hit. It's a very susceptible fastball. So for me to believe more in Tony Gonsolin, I need to see the slider get more strikes than 60%. It doesn't need to be that much more however and Really, the one-two punch of splitter slider is good enough to avoid a Patrick Corbin-esque season. So yeah, this is this is way too low. Um, the Dodgers also don't have enough pitchers at the moment. He seems like he's healthy and ready to go. I, yeah. uh, I'm I'm all cool s- with with going after Gonzo. Innings per start is generally a problem. I uh, with Gonzo 5.4 as opposed to like pushing six or so. That's fine. The the Dodgers are still going to win lots of games, and he's still got 16 wins despite just 24 starts. Is he going to have a 75% win chance? No, but, you know, pretty good. Pretty, yep,
1: pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Why don't we go over to a guy that you feel... 16, that, 67%,
2: I'm sorry, not
1: 75%. Oh, good. I'll forgive you this once. Why don't we move to a guy that you feel that Steamer is a bit too pessimistic on? I mean... I know, it's a lot.
2: On. Sandy Alcantara isn't going to have a 120 whip.
1: I know, but I'm not letting you do this one because
2: this, well, this is Max Freed isn't going to do 123.
1: No, do the other five because these are really good ones. Because no, you're right, Sandy and Max are are, are a little bit you know, that's, bananas. That that's,
2: that's, that's just uh, that's just too much. All right, I I mean I'm a fan of Jesus Lizardo. Yeah, I understand the projection. Like I get it because it's not. It, Generally these are over three years and it's not about what they've done recently as much. And I totally understand that. 385 ERA with a 128 whip and a 25% K rate um across 146 innings. So they're saying, look, you're gonna be generally healthy now and start more starts than you ever have in a season. That's good. We're here, we're there, we're everywhere. Um but the whip and the era to me are just no 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 no. 385 is not too egregious i'm gonna i'll say that it's like that's you know what not not too ridiculous i mean maybe it's just in general the whip marks are too too low but man i mean yeah this whole thing is the troy section and the other one is the human section mm-hmm. okay so yeah. troy we've got too low yeah and then the human you've got two eyes
1: what is happening here? I you've have you lost my eyes.
2: You two eyes, uh-huh. two eyes, okay. two eyes. Okay, so those, I'm just that's why I'm calling these two. Anyway, this so is Troy's. Okay, what?
1: It's two not eyes. optimistic and pessimistic. It's
2: no, Troy's and Troy's and humans. Yes, because um, you have two eyes. You know,
1: you you you. I think you might need to go touch grass, Nick. I'm a little bit worried Maybe with probably. you with how much you've been streaming. If <laughs> probably a little
2: bit. Um, but uh, wow! Touch grass, oh man! Yeah. I didn't know how old Zelda was. She's teaching you all the things now. I <laughs> uh, but all right. Um, Jesus Lizardo, I think showcase that I have an excellent curveball and have an ex- excellent changeup. I am throwing harder than I was in 2021. He's done all the things that you would want out of him to display a much better talent than a 128 web season. I I, yeah. I really don't think. <laughs> That's what we're going to see next year. I'm not going to push back too hard on the 3d5 because whatever. That's fine. Um, but yeah, be, be really excited about Jesus Isardo. I think this could be a good year of him. Uh, honestly, they're saying 146 innings. Fine. Great. I'm not going to yeah. argue against that one. Um, I think the skills are there. I think it's just really health at this point for Jesus Lizardo. Uh And it's kind of interesting. He had his, his curveballs, his best pitch in my book. But then the changeup actually became his best pitch. And he went back and forth uh, utilizing both of them when he was before the injury and then after the injury. But four steamer improved as well. So things are good with Jesus. Okay. Um,
1: Let's go back to people that we feel that steamer is a bit too optimistic on and the ball is in your court.
2: Ah, this is weird because I I tried to find like some deep boys. Uh And it's pretty much based on the relative field that we're talking about. Like, who are, are, is Seamer too optimistic on? And so I, I just quoted you, Jesus, it's 385 ERA around 140 innings and a 128 whip or so, right? Well, J.P. Sears is a 394 with a 128 Ooh. whip and 134 innings. And I do not buy J.P. Sears and what he does. If you remember, he was inside of the Montes, Frankie Montes deal with the Yankees. Frankis.
1: Francis Montus <laughs> the species Francis
2: uh. Montus <laughs> and Seaver's essentially replicating what Sears did this year 386 ERA and a 129 whip I think he overperformed as it was going on I remember those first four, a couple starts he got uh, with the athletics actually he had not surrendered more than two earned runs in a game uh, until his uh, seventh sorry his eighth start of the year when he allowed three And if you watch these starts, oh, man, no, 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 no. Fastball, 316 average allowed, 36% hard contact, 23% CSW. Like, this is not a good pitch to base everything on. So at least you got to have that really strong secondary offering, right? I mean, that fastball's coming at 93. It's just like T-City, you know. Um, The Brits love it. No, it's T-Ball City. Um, The slider prevented hard contact. That's good. But it doesn't miss bats, and he relies a lot on called strikes with it. And didn't really end too many at bats with it anyway. I don't think it's a premier slider. Uh, on the swing strike rate is very low also, 12% swing strike rate. Now, 36% CSW because of that heavy called strike rate. But it is something he gets free real estate with often, 65% early um, percentage on that slider. Um, and then changeup is... uh ugh. Yeah, that's what you get. It it throws in the zone a lot, but I think it's pretty susceptible to damage as well, 32% hard contact. And that's it. That's JP Sears. This is nothing to get excited about. You're not going to get wins with us. Uh, I think the ERA and whip, I mean, really the ERA being under four, I think it's going to be like, oh, well, maybe I should. Nah, no, don't do this. I don't know why Sears was the one that was pushed up dramatically as opposed to others. I think it's a very pedestrian arsenal um,
1: that should return closer to a four or five is i'm really trying to figure this out is jp sears just cole irvin without velocity yeah there
2: was actually some arguments about that without velocity like cole Irvin I, has less velocity
1: yeah yeah sorry i meant the other way around like so he's he he has with velocity i should say is he just cole irvin with velocity because they're both lefties I, that used to both pretty dominantly feature four-seam slider change of obviously irvin jumped up a sinker uh in the past couple of years um, but. Yeah, Irvin sits ninety, and uh, and Sears sits about ninety three. But these yeah, are guys who are both yeah. low strikeout guys with good command.
2: Yeah, the, the A's are the only team in the in the majors that will look at Cole Irvin like, what do we do to replicate this guy?
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it's really like they do seem to have a type where they're just like, yep, yeah, just don't worry about the strikeouts, I mean, so just to, command. To be it.
2: fair, they got two guys under a four year array for a, a good amount of innings last year. About. 250 i mean that's productivity for them but like for your fantasy teams i don't think that either one should be expected to stick under a four yeah toby's yeah best and you don't draft toby's guys
1: you don't draft toby's um all right
2: who is your
1: your troy oh god uh so for me it's (laughs) i just don't get this uh it's uh it's andrew heaney uh now i understand andrew heaney is coming up no, no, that's a season. too
2: high fast that's too no, high that's a
1: human huh you think no th- we're, we're on the two highs i just said uh, troy <laughs> I, I, I still don't get the troy thing understand you just said think... no. who a troy
2: is because they're too low whiskey Okay, get it troy, troy. to the whiskey
1: uh-huh
2: too low
1: Okay. What? But we're huh? We were. You just did a guy. I, I know. optimistic I and pessimistic.
2: Okay. All right. That's why you don't host, guys. It's just all no, just fast. What it are we goes. Doing
1: now? It goes pessimistic, pessimistic, optimistic, optimistic, pessimistic, pessimistic. You, you just that, did. You
2: want to do a proper snake draft of this. I was just That's trying how... to go too high. Okay.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's how we've been doing it. Um, I'm staying. Whatever the Troy Tulowitzki follow Troy thing is, I'm going with no, another guy. it's not
2: Troy. It's the human now because they're too high. <laughs> I
1: hate this so much. <laughs> a guy that they are too high on which means that they are too optimistic about too Uh, too favorable too favorable exactly is andrew keeney um i it it is i I mean listen if he goes back with the dodgers i maybe they are going to be able to sustain the cut of he says it wasn't a a sweeper um but the 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 breaking pitch that he kind of tweaked and (laughs) up the usage of yeah whatever like okay fine um i you know he had that 310 ERA last year, which was far and away the best ERA of his career. The last time he was even under four was when he was back with the Angels in 2015. When he was um, three
2: years old. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. So he's going into his age 32 season. He's very injury prone. They're also projecting him to get 140 innings, which would be his highest total since 2018. Um, you know, even if you take out the 2020 season, he only... Went over a hundred innings once in 2021, and that was it. Under 100 in 1920 and 2022. So I just don't know if I buy into 140 innings of a 113 WHIP with a 359 ERA. Um, I think he's more a, if anything, a high three, low four ERA with a higher WHIP, fewer innings. Um, yeah, maybe those strikeouts can stick around a little bit if he can sustain that. I'm always very interested in. Like, I'll be very curious to see if Andrew Heaney can retain the teachings that the that any that the Dodgers specifically gave him. So, to to rephrase that, like, if a if a pitcher goes to a team and learns something, and then goes to a different team, does that change stick with them, or does the organization have a play a part in the sustaining of that particular uh, methodology that that pitcher is now employing? It's very interesting to think about.
2: I'm gonna think that Andrew Heaney keeps the pitch wherever he goes he keeps just the like, pitch but like, if you lose the pitch speed. can you
1: find it again
2: yeah maybe not but tyler anderson i think is going to throw more change up still with the angels for example
1: yeah that's true until the angels are like why are you throwing a change up and he's like it's my best pitch and they're like oh isn't show high fun and they're like okay uh that's how angels meetings go him? show high show high otani why do you, hey, you do Ohtani. that i don't know well, i was hoping that? to just breeze past it but yeah, we're well, not yeah, doing that today do that? what are your thoughts on andrew heaney <laughs>
2: Yeah, this is too favorable. Um yeah. His 109 whip was way too good for what we expect from Andrew Heaney, and 113 saying like, "Oh no, everything's fine." He's going to do the same thing. i was like, I mm-hmm. no, I yeah. I mean, I think it's it's just as simple as that. The slider was excellent. I think the thing over the the career of Andrew Heaney that I've been pushing back on is what is his consistency like? How is he able to replicate on it from one start to the next? And I've seen. The excellence of Andrew Heaney many times through his career. Um, And then it just doesn't stick around is the problem. And he has been a cherry bomb forever. We didn't see much of him in 2022. And I think that's the problem a bit because we didn't see a long enough season for the volatility to show itself. So give him a a proper season. Yeah, Andrew Heaney is not going to be this good again. And uh, I, I very much agree with this. Wow, you took one of mine
1: unbelievable oh stop uh we're gonna go to the people (laughs) now we're gonna switch back it's my turn who is your troy who is your troy my Troy that they are too Too low low on yeah um so listen there uh uh, can i do this yeah i can there's a few that are easy ones to kind of knock out right like urius manoa cortez unbelievable just like all those are other dudes who like have the largest disparity between four
2: ERA for urius
1: yeah, it's it's it is really crazy. I, I, don't, I don't know why they're doing that, but I'm actually going to go to one that I think is a little bit more fun, um, oh. and I probably will be wrong about this, um, but I'm going to say it's actually Xavier on Curry. I'm going to say, really? yeah, it is. Yeah, you want to do something um, spicy? Yeah, I want to do something a little bit spicy. With the curry. Right? with a yeah a little spicy curry here xavier curry you know top 10 pitching prospect uh for for cleveland top 10 overall prospect for the guardians um had a little bit of a de- you know had a nine inning uh debut uh where he got shellacked um in nine in two though. starts <laughs> yeah yeah it was not it was not great and you can kind of throw all those statistics uh, uh out was of the over window two games it
2: was over two yeah. games guys. not one debut of nine innings it was,
1: it was, it was not pretty uh, with his 204 whip. Um, absolutely hysterical. I don't know. I think if you look at a guy who is ranked that high, who's got a, a top tier fastball and a very good curveball, ball. Um, I feel very confident in the way that Cleveland um, introduces uh, pitchers. I understand that we just talked about a two start sample. I don't think that's enough to dig into. I think, you know, find me another organization that we have seen, Such great talent come and not struggle quite as much in making the transition from AAA to the majors as Cleveland. Right, they're up there with with the Rays and with the Dodgers. Um, We've seen it in the past from them. I think you know I, I have heard that that organization treats their AAA players as if they are MLB players, and that they are game planning the exact same way, so that when they get to the big league level they're prepared. There, there, there is no change in methodology. They understand how to attack hitters, uh, and that learning curve isn't there anymore. Um, so he, he does have a, about a four, seven ERA for next year. I don't know. I think he is capable of beating that. I think if he does break camp in that rotation where there is a a good possibility that he will do that, um, or at least make his, uh, you know, crack the rotation in in May or so, because right now it's, what Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill, Savali, and Plezak. So Savali and Plezak. And then and Cody Samian.
2: Morris, I think, is ahead. I actually did the oh, the whole Morris. thing on the on the Guardians already. I didn't even include Curry because Really? I think Cody Morris has it in for a number six spot. And yeah, the rotation's set. You
1: know? Morris. So that's interesting. So right now he's projected to be in long relief. He thinks he's gonna jump up and be a starter?
2: If they need it. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah, they
1: have they're good. To go right now, but he's never been a uh, Morris? no, he has, yeah, yeah he, he has. He just hasn't, year. yeah, he just uh, hasn't really racked up a lot of innings. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. But Xavier Curry,
2: six percent strikeout rate, 13 walk rate in those 9.1 innings, which is stupid. I know, I just it's fun to see that because you never get to see it. I remember watching him, and my biggest takeaway was this man is volatile. Uh, I like the movement on the slider. I think it can be very vicious at moments. And I remember seeing that in the debut and going, I'm wondering what I'm going to see in the next one. Then he had five walks and zero strikeouts. And okay, there's work to be done uh, with Zeming Curry. So that that's, we'll see. I I like what you're saying about Cleveland and how they've somehow developed all these pitchers. And you're explaining a little bit why, and maybe they do with Curry as well. I, yeah, I'm not going to push back too hard on uh, on this. In fact, I might even say that the 133 whip is favorable uh, for someone to me that has uh, volatility on his name. Um, so, so, what, so you're but maybe but you're, not. I mean, I mean, then again, like I saw a, a nine inning debut yeah. through the uh, minors, 10 percent walk rate in AAA, but only 6.7 and in, in about 70 innings in double A in this past year maybe he isn't as volatile as i'm making him out to be um i mean the strike rates in those nine innings were terrible but i i just mm, i think there's still more to be done
1: uh and we'll see how dare you uh no that's totally fair uh that is totally fair so let's jump now to the person that you are uh you feel that steamer is a bit too pessimistic on the troy is that a human
2: oh it's a troy a troy thank you so much Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Jose or I have a couple I could choose. Yeah. And I think this is unjust. Jose or to me is a fascinating pitcher who is uh, low walk rates, a kitchen sink approach, and had his worst hit per nine last year at 8.43 and a 117 whip. And Seamer says, oh no, we can do worse. Brought him down to a 128 whip 9.25 9.25 hit per nine, and then the ERA, which has never been above four, all the way down to four, six, four, six. Yeah. That's like That's one and time. one and one point one five Patrick Corbins. Okay. <laughs> That's you mean oh Tony gonzales gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Tony gonzales <laughs> Um, that's insane to me. Uh, I think the story of Jose Urquidy for the year was not relying actually enough on his changeup curveball side, which I think are all great and they get enough strike rates. And there was just a little bit too much of the emphasis on the fastball, and that can be adjusted. He also had the injury that messed him up a little. I think this is something that the Astros are going to look at and be okay. No, 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 these numbers are a little bit off. You got to do this, Urquidy, And there you go. They still have an excellent, um, offense, they only have him at nine. Uh, offense and defense, I should say. Uh, their offense is going to get better. Nine wins for Akiti, despite 28 starts to me, is also on the low end. Um, I mean, they're expecting because of the four sixty 6 he's not going to get as many wins. But man, I can I see a double-digit win guy with a good ERA and whip next year in Jose Akiti. So I think they're they're missing the ball here.
1: All right. So uh, we're, we're each going to do um, one more person that we feel uh, is... They're too pessimistic on the humans, um, right? Humans is that no, what you're calling them? The- that's too optimistic. The humans are too optimistic. Two
2: eyes, two yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, yeah. That's what we're gonna do. Too optimistic. They're too high on. They're too okay. high on them. Too often opti- we're gonna do one of each of those, and then we're gonna get to our just rights. So Nick, we're gonna start with okay. you. Someone that you feel steamer. Uh, these are. Can you
2: do? The- are you gonna do the obvious one?
1: No, you can I do the obvious them. one. You can do the. Do answer. you have another one? Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. No, no, I'm not stealing two of yours. This will be too much. Um, no, 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 Brian. Go no, Brian Bayo to me, a uh, three ERA is too too good. I uh, for a conservative estimate for Brian Bayo. I understand he throws ninety six and ninety seven, the high velocity. I don't think there's enough there. Uh, I think the sliders too. Eh, the 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 sinker is not jamming enough batters and is doesn't miss bats. And the, the changeup has the moments. Like, I, I remember seeing starts where that worked out really well. We watched him earlier this week on Twitch. But Brian Bayo has a lot to figure out still. And this is going to be a battle for him. Especially, they're acknowledging, look, he's going to be a decent walk guy and hits per nine guy. Why is the ERA under four? I don't know. I really, I just don't know. They're saying, oh, not as many home runs because it's a sinker. I'm... Mm, I think that Brian Bayo at a 389 is very favorable. I think every Boston Red Sox fan would be thrilled at a 389 from Brian Bayo next year. And I saw that one and I thought, no, 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 no,
1: no, Batman. I so mine is not Tyler Glasnow. That's who you were gonna take, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the obvious one. I mean, it's a three
2: nineteen ERA, one eleven whip, but 160 innings.
1: Mm.
2: I mean, that was like blows me away. That is just so favorable on Glasnow. I'm not saying that he can't do that. Just that's like what we're all hoping for. If that's what it is, then, you know, you can see in the ADPs outside the top 20 starters, I think right now, and if you get that, then, you know, he's better than that, right?
1: So. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying that wasn't mine. Mine is actually Aaron Ashby. Um, ah. Now, I, I I, I, still believe in Aaron Ashby. I mean, I think last year was a year that was definitely detracted or derailed, I should say, by injury. Um, they have him with a 338 ERA, mm-hmm. Um, Now, maybe that's because they only envision him making about 20 starts with like eight relief appearances. But still, um, I like maybe they're anticipating that Aaron Ashby goes the way of Corbin Burns a couple years ago or goes Mm -hmm. the way of Freddie Peralta, where like I I don't like I I, maybe it's just because it's so off the cuff. But I struggle to think of another organization that has been so quick to be able to turn pitchers around in the past couple of years, right, where it's like the one offseason. In the same organization and all of a sudden, bam, they just like find something new with them Damn. and maybe Ashby can do that. But we know what Ashby is good at, right? Like we know that he's got a very, very good sinker slider mix. Um, now, the the sinker lost a little bit of ELO last year and that very well could have been because of the injury. But even if he gets back to being the 97, 96 mile an hour sinker thrower that he was and returning to the 29% K rate. He, he still had a, you know, a, a, a mid four ERA in 2021. Granted, it was over 31 innings. So we're not talking about a sustainable, I mean, a, a real sample size here and fewer than five starts. But even with about uh, what was it, 19 starts last year, um, a 444 ERA, let's say we get a full healthy season out of him. His sinker and his slider look good. Um yeah, like maybe, maybe it's like a low, low three RA, and that would be awesome. But I don't know if I would be drafting. Aaron Ashby thinking okay I'm getting a low three ERA and then it also just doesn't match that like if Aaron Ashby has a low three this is what always kind of cracks me about steamer if Aaron Ashby has a low three ERA he doesn't have a 1.27 whip like those things do not Mm. add up you know what I mean like uh, then in that case they would be talking about and a 300 BABIP like that I think that's like literally mathematically impossible for someone to have a whip near 1.3 double plays yeah like so many double plays with a with a strikeout guy um um, so I don't know. I think we would need to see a lot. I'm hoping that's the case because he's probably going to be a keeper for me in my hometown league. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know if I'm buying a low three ERA on Ashby. What are you thinking? I
2: What I'm thinking about Aaron Ashby is that I can't believe that they're predicting for nine wins after you only got two this past year. No, yeah. um, I think the ERA is lower because it's 21 games started but 41 total, so he has 20 out of the pen. Oh, was, I think yeah, yeah, is lowering the ERA for Ashby here? Uh, still, there's work to be done with Aaron Ashby, and oh, how the turntables from last mm. year, right? Um, all of my excitement and hype for him. I think the fastball needs to be commanded better. The sinker gets hit too hard, 31%, despite uh, hard contact or despite its velocity around 95, 96. Slider still elite, still a really hard pitch to hit. He got fewer strikes on it, though, much more so. 70% down to 63, and he needs to get that slider strike rate back up. If As a called strike rate went down 10 ticks. Oof, 28 to 18. Um, The changeup got more strikes, but became much more hittable. 297 batting average allowed. So there's things to be tinkering here from Ashby. I think he needs to not uh, float his change up into the zone as much. 47% zone rate. I don't think he needs to do that. He needs to have a better sinker that doesn't get crushed in the zone. And the slider needs to be more of that called strike pitch again. Um, that's my... Those are my tips as I point to my easel for Aaron <laughs> Ashby. Um, I don't think it's going to be a 338 ERA. Um and I do think it's gonna be a worse season than that. But hey, you know, if the if the Brewers are saying, look, Adrian Hauser, go take a seat. Mm. Ashby's in the rotation now for good with Eric Lauer, then I'm I'm a little excited because I, I do wonder if he's getting completely like just pushed aside after 2022. Um but yeah, not this good. This is too favorable, and you're definitely right about the ERA and the whip being like too separate. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Let's end on a high note here. Nick, why don't you go ahead and give us the person that you feel these steamer projections got just right.
2: You know, they did a good job here. They did a good job. Not a good job. They did a good job. Mm. Uh, they said uh, Dolo is a 367 ERA 121 whip and a 28% K rate. You know, that's right. There you go. Pretty like, much the line we already did
1: last year, right?
2: A, well, better whip. But yeah, mm. pretty much. Um and yeah, I think that's that's about right. I mean, obviously, I think that there's a world where he's better than that yeah. Um, with ERA and Whip, But I very much recognize they can go south. And this I felt was, yeah, okay, 176 innings. I mean, I felt like everyone else was gaining this massive weight on their numbers going down. And Lodolo's just brushing it off. Mm. Um, and it seems about right. So, yeah, Nick Lodolo did good stuff there. Yeah. What about I about two.
1: Fast? I got two because you made two? fun of me for my first one. Yeah, because you made fun of me for my first one. So my first one is Grayson Rodriguez, and the reason that I oh, like no, the projection is, fun. I enjoyed it. It's it it, 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 it it like it's tempered, which I really enjoy, right? Because Grayson Rodriguez, obviously, you're going to read a lot of hype about it. was the you know the the highest rated pitching prospect in all of baseball, and you know slightly uh, the injury ever, wasn't ever enough. ever
2: baseball existed. It's yeah, Grayson since it Rodriguez. began,
1: no one has ever yeah. been more excited. Also, Who I just never Steven think that Strasburg. those
2: never heard of the guy. N-
1: n- no, neither have I. I've heard of Steven Strasberg, uh, <laughs> the never heard of Steven Straussburg. Um, <laughs> Grayson Rodriguez, I think it is realistic to expect a, a high three ERA, they have a 381 ERA. Uh, that would be optimistic in some ways for me but i think it, you know a lot of people are coming in and anticipating that he's just going to be fantastic maybe have like a three four three three or maybe i'm crazy maybe i'm just making that up but i think a three eight to like a four two spectrum would make a lot of sense as he's probably going to struggle a little bit as he comes to the big leagues regardless of who he faces it's tough to live up to those kind of uh, expectations i hope i'm wrong the other person though if grayson rodriguez is too much of a homer pick is george kirby um i think he you know if anything takes a smaller step back than he does step forward um i think he can kind of maintain that whip they have him at about a 1.16 whip which i think is realistic he had a 121 whip last year he had a 339 era last year they have him at a 359 era this year um it wouldn't really surprise me i don't know if i necessarily anticipate that he's going to be able to take a lot of steps forward i think we've constantly looked at you know young mariners pitchers as being able to do that and they haven't um who am I thinking of? The other pitcher who was in their rotation Logan last Gilbert. year. Logan Gilbert. Thank you. We were kind of anticipating. We got you all day, baby. I love you. And uh, that didn't necessarily happen. So, yeah, those are my two guys. George Kirby and Grayson Rodriguez.
2: Yeah, with uh, with Kirby, 116 whip, 359 ERA. I think a lot of people would be happy with that. Yeah. Um, from Kirby. With a low walk rate that he had last year, 4%. Uh, any gains in whip is coming from hit rate and 9.35 hit per nine. Well, then that's going to be better, I think, next year as he does develop. So, yeah, uh, I'm in line with that one. Um, ERA at 339. Yeah, 359. I mean, that seems fair. So maybe on the slightly favorable side for a projection like this. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that seems that seems good and fast. I can't wait until uh, we have our projections coming out. Yeah, um, which will be the end of January, early February. Ooh, Lord! And then people do podcasts criticizing ours, you know. That's I love all. it. <laughs> we'll be the first to do it. Thank you, Steamer, for being such good sports about us doing a podcast like this and putting out some of the best projections that you know has just been uh, a staple of our industry over the years. Um, but fast, any final words in this episode?
1: No, nope. listen. I was going to bring up something about Spencer Strider, but I'm going to save it for another episode. How's that? That's the ultimate tease, and I there won't even go. tell you which episode it is. So you have to listen to all I of had. them. Yeah,
2: I'll listen to all of them. Other yeah, two exactly. I had were Kyle Wright, Michael Kopech, and Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore, the 138 um, whip is just come on. That's mm,
1: to I had. After I had Gonsil, Urias, Manoa, and Cortez, I had McKenzie, Tristan McKenzie, Adrian Sampson, which is kind of an interesting one. Uh Cal Quantrill, James- and Tyler James- Wells. For,
2: for what? Too I, high? Uh
1: too low. No. I think Adrian Sampson they gave like you a like five Adrian? ERA. Like I don't Adrian? think he's a okay, five there, ERA. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Love you there. yeah. Um hold well, on, I let me see him what him the exact. Yeah. yeah. What he was said it? they said he's a five thirteen ERA. Yeah.
2: Oh man, is that where he grew up? Was that his <laughs> address? Uh, yeah, like so uh, was I don't like know. A...
1: <laughs> what did Adrian Sampson do to gain fewer uh, to gain twenty one innings oh. and over two full runs of ERA? He,
2: he he shaved his head. Oh, that's what it is. He
1: lost his magic power. He lost his magic power. Yeah, it, it, they they think he's gonna have a one forty three whip next year. Come
2: on. I want, to a, this down. I want to write this down. I want to look at this. And is there like a Remind Me
1: bot for podcasts? Yeah, so there I can is. look at this on October. No, that would be, amazing. Like, that'd be is, amazing.
2: Let's see if Adrian Samson has those. At a
1: 530, you wouldn't be able to see because he wouldn't be pitching anymore. Um. All right. Well, that there. is that is going to do it for this episode of On the Court of the official pitchlist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast.
2: And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys next week.